From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all joining us on the Bishop's Hour and as we launch our 24th year on the air. And thanks to all of you, our listeners, for uh, uh, tuning in to us and all the people who have helped us along the way including uh, Bishop Wiegand, who founded this program, and Bishop Soto, who's continued it in grand fashion, and a regular guest on this program, and all the people that underwrite and uh, help with the program, and all of our wonderful guests. And speaking of that, we are pleased to welcome in Deacon John Thu from uh, uh, Yuba City, from St. Isidore. Deacon, uh, good day to you. Hello, good afternoon. Good to, good to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time on this uh, summer day to... Uh, to talk with us, tell us just a little bit about you. Relatively new to the di- to the diaconate. Uh, yes, very new. Uh, ordained just last summer in in June. Um, just celebrated our first year, uh, our class. So very excited, very excited. Yes. What led you to the diaconate? You're a, you're a math professor at uh, uh, Yuba College. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yes, yes. Um, well. You know, um, one day after Mass, uh, one of the deacons at my parish came up and talked to me about it and said, she, you know, have you ever considered uh, being a deacon? And I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, you should think about it. And so I went back and, uh, you know, talked to my wife and then later talked to, to our pastor and, and the other deacons and, and uh, you know, prayed about it and decided, well, um, I don't know if this is what I should be doing, but um, looked at the deadlines, looked at the information on the on the on the diocese um, diocesan website, and said, "Well, uh, the deadline said the, the the information said that well, you know, there's a, there's an age limit, and and I was soon approaching that age limit, so I said, <laughs> well, I guess uh, I'll, I'll just throw my hat in, and if if this is truly God's will, it will move forward." Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So did you need to talk to your family? I did, yes. So uh talked to my wife, and her first, her first reaction was, what, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she knows me too well. Um, but, uh, but she was supportive. She's been very supportive the whole time, and, and our children have been supportive. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's been a great journey. It's been a great journey. So that's the, you know you don't just uh, sign up and uh, uh, go through a couple of classes and uh, get ordained. It's a long process. It is. Uh, it was about five years. Um, it was four years of formation. There was one year before that doing some uh, stuff. And uh, yeah, so so I'm glad that it was a long process because you know uh, it gave me a lot of opportunity to. To see if I was really being called to this. Did you ha- did you have doubts along the way? Oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. Uh, one of the great things about the program, uh, the formation program, is that they required us to have a spiritual director. It's the first time I ever had a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. That was it was really helpful to have those monthly visits with uh, with Father Placid at the diner and. Uh, you know, and going over things with him, and uh, his helping me to to discern. Um, yeah, but but my 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 primary uh, discernment was, um, and this might sound funny, but it's it was, uh, you know, I'll just keep going and keep going until uh, until the Lord says not, and mm-hmm. then he'll open a door for me to leave. And if he doesn't open a door, I guess this must be right because mm-hmm. I never heard his voice. Resounding at me, <laughs> it was sort of trusting the process. It was a good process, and, and learning to trust the process that the church had. I think. Explain what you do as a deacon at Saint Isidore. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, I pray. I think that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's the first thing I need to do is is, is to pray. So. Uh, Praying for everyone, uh, praying for myself, uh, but in terms of uh, other functions, lots of serving masses, um, uh, funeral vigils, uh, committals, uh, baptisms, 
um, losing parishioners sometimes, um, uh, being uh, involved in adult confirmation preparation, uh, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to trying to be a resource for uh, for liturgy uh, for for the people who are involved in liturgy. Um, yeah, so it's been great. Uh, Keeping busy for sure, but yes. Was Saint Isidore your home parish? It was, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, but we weren't sure we would be if I would be assigned here. Right, right. It's not always right. the case. No, no. And and uh, actually, my wife and I were fully prepared to have been assigned um, at another parish mm-hmm. uh, that we knew there was a need, and uh, we were very, very pleasantly surprised at that final interview with Bishop when he handed us the assignment. Mm-hmm. And it was here, so we were, we were just grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could have been in Wairika. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good commute on a Sunday morning. That would, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. That and and uh, that's that's wonderful, and it's it's such a it's a such a wonderful parish, and has some really has some great history, you know, in in the, in the Yuba City. Uh, area of course you've got the beautiful saint joseph's right there in marysville as well yes yes that's where we thought we would be and mm-hmm. it is a beautiful church in, uh, in mm-hmm. so yeah no it, it's a great community saint isidore's is, is just an excellent community um uh, the people have been really supportive uh, of us as a couple through all the formation and, and since ordination they've just been really gracious and patient very patient with me and uh, <laughs> uh, very kind, very, very supportive. So how do you work yeah. it into your teaching schedule? Uh, well, um, well, I teach at a community college, so my teaching uh, schedule changes from semester to semester. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff that I do here at the parish will be on the weekend right. and uh, occasionally in the evening times. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know, if if possible, uh, we happen to have uh, Fridays a meeting day at our college. So typically, I'm not teaching a class on Fridays. So Fridays, I might be able to help out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But but mainly, it's on the weekends and in the evenings. So, are you the only deacon at Saint Isidore? Uh, no, we're we're blessed to have uh, four of us. One oh, one of great. us is re- yeah, one of us is retired, but he's still very active. So that's it's a blessing and and a blessing for me too. I mean to to have have them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were featured in the uh, in the Catholic Herald, and you talk uh, a lot about the Eucharistic revival. Uh, talk a little bit about that when when you first heard about it, and and what you anticipated it might involve. Oh, yeah. Well, you know there was of course all of the. Um, news about the the, the Pew research uh, on, on belief in the real presence, and that that was something we had all talked about. And, and then the news of the Eucharistic revival came up, and and I I was very I was very excited about it. I I, I didn't know what to expect from it, mm-hmm. but I thought it was a great idea. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely I didn't know what to expect, but but it, I, I thought that it would be. You, It'd be a good good thing to have. Uh, I mean, it, it's so important. Um, I've been watching it to try to see how it plays out. Uh, at our parish, uh, you know, things have been quiet for a while. Um, our parish is sort of interesting because we've had a lot of Eucharistic um, events at our parish uh, over the years. Uh, we've we've had um, perpetual adoration 24-7, so mm-hmm. that's been going on for some time. Uh, we've typically had Eucharistic processions, uh, you know, during, uh, not just at Corpus Christi, but mm-hmm. during that we'll have one that goes out, a uh, procession that goes out once a week out to, to Planned Parenthood here locally and having uh, prayers there. So, um, you know, our, our parish has been very uh, Eucharist-centered, I think, uh, and, and that's been a blessing. Um, so, you know, and... 40-hour retreats and things like that. Uh, so I wasn't sure how it would play out or what we would be doing here for the Eucharistic Revival. Um, uh, but this year was unfolded that uh, our deanery uh, had uh, an event planned, and it's a beautiful event. 
which kicked off uh, last weekend, uh, where uh, each month um, one of the parishes in the deanery will be hosting uh, an event, mm-hmm. and uh, and they produce a they call it a passport. You go around, make a pilgrimage, get it stamped, uh-huh. and and we get a chance to visit the different parishes in the oh, deanery. Oh, what a great idea! How, how many parishes yeah. do you have in your deanery? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Twelve. Yes, and. Uh, and yeah, so so it's perfect for this year. <laughs> that is great. Uh, you know, yes. deaneries are uh, for people that don't. They're sort of a, a sub uh, sub diocesan, if you will. They're kind of like counties are to the state or something. Uh, right. right. Um, but but it, people that in a common area that maybe have common interests. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, so it, it's great, and you know. Many of us, and just even talking to the parishioners, and I know for myself and my family, we haven't been to many of these parishes, so this is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to go and to visit and, uh, you know, uh, to pray and then have some refreshments and to, to get to know some of our, our brothers and sisters around the deanery. It'll be great. So, so we're, we're excited. We're excited. Yeah, the, the first, like I said, it kicked off last uh, Sunday uh, at our parish, it turns out, and there was a great turnout about uh, we're guessing around 400 or Oh, wow. Maybe. Oh, like that's that. fabulous. Maybe more. Some people are guessing more, uh, but at least 400 turned out, and, and it was great. It was just fantastic. It was fun. <laughs> where where did you go? Oh, so they came to our parish. Our parish hosted... Um, oh, they came to your parish. Yeah. Right. They came yeah. to our parish this time uh, for the first one, uh, for this for this Camino as we're calling it, mm-hmm. uh, they came to our parish. And, and what we did at our parish, we, we had uh, a holy hour with Vespers and mm-hmm. um, and then refreshments after. So that was that was great. And, and the different parishes will be planning different things. And uh, and I'm looking forward to the last stop on the Camino, which is uh, apparently Vina, and I'm waiting to see what they're oh, going is to provide. It? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. So and does this, what day of the week do you do this on? Ah, so uh, each parish has picked a different day of uh-huh. the week, so they're not all on the same day, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, so they have it listed on a website that was built, and, uh, yeah, so some are on the weekend, some are during the week, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what the parish has planned for, for itself, yeah. Well, Bob Vina, what a beautiful spot that is. Yes, yes. Wow. So, oh, that's very, that's very, very... Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, Bishop uh, Bishop Soto in his uh, was writing about Vina the other day, I think, and uh, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's uh, that that's exciting. I wonder if other are other deaners doing this. Do you know? Oh no, I don't know. Uh, that's it's a wonderful that's a idea. Question. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'm so I'll certainly be asking uh, uh, my classmates. We're getting together this weekend uh, for a reunion retreat. So. Uh, so it'll certainly be a topic of discussion. Yeah, I know that uh, just being on the radio and and uh, goes out to the the whole diocese uh, uh, that uh, I make it a point to try to get around when I can, you know. And certainly when I'm in a different town, uh, I go to mass there. And the thing that I've noted in this diocese, and really anywhere you go to mass, is people welcoming the stranger you know they 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 know they they just you know you know when somebody for the most part shows up at your parish that that's probably not somebody who's a regular parishioner here and Uh they they will welcome you or sometimes uh, after mass uh, the priest will say i think we have some guests here today would you like to introduce yourself you know and it's just (laughs) so welcoming you know people come up and say oh where are you from and we got donuts over in the hall you know and just uh, that's right it's it's always just uh, so welcoming. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I think that's very true, very true. Yeah, and and we love to do that too. But my, my, my well, at least my wife and I like we do like to visit other parishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we have found that, that they're very welcoming everywhere. Everywhere. Well, it's you know it's 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 so interesting. I remember uh, on a a Saturday uh, when. My kids were pretty little, and we went up to a a, a rummage sale or a rummage, whatever you call it, uh, <laughs> it, at one of the parishes on a Saturday afternoon up in the mm-hmm. up up in the the foothills, and 
and they they just treated the kids so nice and it was so uh, much fun yeah. and then we were we were uh driving home and we came to this little town of volcano uh -huh. and, and i saw a whole bunch of cars kind of parked you know just askew almost you know just wherever there was a spot on the road to park mm -hmm. i thought well there must be a festival or something going on here and got out of the car and asked people, where, where's everybody going? And they said, oh, it's a uh, Saturday Vigil Mass at St. Bernard's, uh -huh. <laughs> or St. Bernard's, however they pronounced it. Uh -huh. And uh, and so we walked down, the there there was just this, you know, I, I hate to describe a church as cute, but it was cute. It was <laughs> small and packed, you know. Wow. And we just squeezed into the back. We were there just as, as Mass was, was about to begin. And the same thing. The people were just so kind. And my kids were a little nervous because the town was named Volcano, and they weren't sure why it was named Volcano. <laughs> but uh, but we just we just had the such a wonderful feeling about that town, and that it was you know a mission church, and uh, mm -hmm. just 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 such a wonderful feeling that that I don't think we'd have gotten just driving through the town. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what, what a what a great opportunity that was! Yes, yeah, yeah it just you know, just the Lord's timing. You know, he just happened to mm -hmm. be there at the right time and noticed the cars and said, "Hey, we want to join the parade. Where is it?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's great stuff. So when you, uh, the, the Eucharistic revival, I, I I think it's a I think it's a great idea. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, talk a little bit. I mean, in the Herald, you're quoted as saying, believing in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist requires that we trust Jesus's word. Jesus is the one who told us it's the real, the real presence. You said in the gospel for today, the bread of life discourse in John chapter six, Jesus tells us that we are to eat his body and drink his blood to have life within us. Many of the people who were following Jesus could not accept this, and so they left him just as they were there to follow Jesus. They were there. They were free to leave him. God will always respect our free will. It, it is interesting uh, why, you know, I, I don't know, it's so, it's so clear to me, at least, uh, those words, take this, uh -huh. this is my body, take this, this is my blood, and then why you should eat and drink of it, you know, um, it, it's not up for debate. <laughs> I guess it is right. up for debate, but it's not up for debate. It's right, right. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very clear. It is, it is to us, isn't it? Yes, it is. But you know, I mean, I, I guess the point I was, I, I was making, and, and I do try to make is, you know, God's word is powerful. I mean, yep. you know, when we when we talk about something and we describe something or we say we want something to happen, well, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. <laughs> Yeah. God says, "Let there be light." And wow, okay, there it is. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, let us create. Right. Let us create man. And, right. As and in our image and likeness, let us do this. And so, why not? When Jesus says, "This is my body and this is my blood," there it is. I mean, we take him at his word. I think, and that's that's part of for me personally. And, and what I try to share is it's it's part of just trusting and surrendering that. Yeah. That. He's true uh, to his word, and, and, and not only that, but his word actually no, and, and, you know, it affects things, right? Jesus didn't, he didn't try to soft pedal it or hard sell it no. or anything. He just said it, and and the fact that some people reacted, you know, against it, Mm -hmm. um, Jesus, Jesus didn't go. Oh well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let me modify that a little bit. Let me right. let me explain. He he doubled down. He said, "Well, he did. this is he the did. way it is." You know, and That's right. and it's not up to me to decide why it needs to be that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't understand why it needs to be that way. Right. But if Jesus said that's the way it is, that's enough for me. Right. Right, and it wasn't that the, the response basically of the apostles when he turns to them and asks them. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. Are you going to leave too? And, yeah. Yeah, and 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 I'm sure they didn't know how this was going to happen, and and I can imagine, I can just imagine that the Last Supper, when Jesus took bread and broke it and said, "This is my body," I can just imagine yeah. that they slapped themselves on the forehead and said, "Ah, uh -huh. that's how he was going to do it." Yeah. I yeah. Right. About that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. you know, it's it's 
I mean, it's it's interesting if you if you can uh, believe that uh, nature can take a little seed of a redwood tree and make it grow 365 uh-huh. feet and live 2,000 years. Sure. Uh, it's it's not that hard to believe that bread and wine can be the body and blood of Christ. Right. There are right. a lot of there are a lot of miracles out there. Absolutely, there are there are, and and certainly if we believe in the incarnation. I yes. Mean, yes. Why would we not believe in this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many parts of our faith that are miraculous. You know, I mean, uh, this this is another one. Obviously, it's the source and summit of our faith. It's the mm-hmm. the I guess I, I I'm not I'm not uh, versed enough to say it's the most significant miracle, but it sure strikes me that it's <laughs> it's, it's there. You know, I mean, what what is more important to our faith in the Eucharist and and that that belief in the Eucharist and the belief in God and the belief in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So uh, Deacon, it is is such a joy to talk with you. I have to get up to uh, St. Isidore's and uh, meet you in person. Please do. Please come. And uh, if you're here on a Sunday afternoon, uh, we have Vespers at five every Sunday and we'd love to have you over and uh, we'll uh, love to have you for dinner. That would be wonderful. <laughs> that would be wonderful. We'll make a date. Thanks Thanks so Absolutely. much, uh, Deacon John Thu at uh, uh, St. Isidore Parish in Yuba City. That, Thank you uh, so God, much. God bless you and, and everybody in your family and everybody you come in contact with. Thank, thanks so much. Thank you very much. God yeah, bless you. God too. bless you, too. Um, and th- that is, uh, um, yeah, it just a, it, you can read all about uh, Deacon John Thu in the uh, Catholic Herald. He's a math professor at Yuba College. He's also really smart. Uh, uh, we had a chance to uh, sit down and talk with uh, Father Michael Kiernan the other day, who just celebrated in June, June the 3rd, his 50th anniversary of his ordination to the priesthood, which took place in his home country, Ireland. Uh, the, the the initial <laughs> the the initial ordination the only ordination uh, June the third of nineteen seventy three and we're going to bring you that interview now. Good day to you. Good day to you, uh, Bob, and all your listeners on this uh, lovely day, as you say, the Lord has made. Well, as I yes, it is indeed the the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I tell my kids that every morning. I tell myself that every morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so you've just completed what I will call the first 50 years of your ministry. And now you're launching the second 50 years. And I'm 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 feel terrible that I was unable to uh, attend any of the the great celebrations because we we have we had c- so many graduations going on in our family they conflicted with your dates. Well, don't worry yourself, Bob, because uh, you're not the first, but you're among the first, actually, to be invited to my 75th. Oh, very good. <laughs> so, could you put that on the calendar, please, and not have any conflicts that time? That will be June the 3rd of 2028. 75th. Yeah. Oh, 75th. I said 55th. Okay. Yeah. 75th, 75th, that would be yeah. uh, 2048. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that on yeah. Calendar and do not let anything get in the way of that. I will, I will get that on the calendar right away because my calendar is... Next will be tolerated for that. Yeah, the, you know, for the next 23 years, my calendar is full, but 25 years, I think I can squeeze you in. So, uh, which means that you then have an obligation not to die during that time. That's right. I think there's an eclipse. <laughs> I think there's an eclipse that day in North America as well. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes that day. But that's your next uh, big uh, assignment now. Very good. <laughs> very, very, very good. Well. The first 50 years, talk, first talk just a little bit about the celebrations. I know they had it up, up in Anderson, had it here at OLA. Uh, did you get home? Did you, did you get home to Ireland to celebrate? Oh, I did, actually. And the amazing thing about that was that uh, the 10 days that I was there, it was just California weather from the moment I walked in off the plane till I walked back on it. I didn't see even a thread of rain, let alone uh, have rain. And so it was beautiful weather, and uh, my family, what we decided to do is to uh, all come together in the 
more or less in the old home place where, in the area where I was born, and in the local church. And so we had meals and masses, and um, we invited a lot of people that we had known, um, and some of whom I hadn't met, actually, since I was ordained. Uh, wow. Uh, many who were at the ordination. And uh, the only uh, little bit disturbing part of it was that I don't know where they came from or how they got like that, but there was all these old people there that I couldn't relate to. Uh, it's a, I mean, it's I amazing, know, isn't how it? they got to be like that. They, some of them, you know, were bald, and some of them, you know, just <laughs> overweight. And, and I was myself, but, gee, I can't, I can't understand, I can't figure out who these people are. <laughs> That's, that's I, I had. You probably had that experience at a reunion once in a while. I, I, di- I did. You know, I, I, I actually got, I, I got asked to speak to a, a reunion. It wasn't my reunion, but it was a reunion of uh, a football team that had won some big championship, and and I had covered it at the time. You know, and it was about forty years ago, and but they this event just happened you know within the last year and they were all getting together and uh, down in Moraga and and I came down there to to speak and the one guy greets me and tells me his name and I remember him as this dynamic quarterback and I thought no this isn't the same guy and then and then I go in and and it's <laughs> And I'm going. Where are the football players? I expected them to. St- <laughs> you know, where Where are they? You know, yeah. it was. And uh, the the really funny part about it is, uh, as we're driving back home, my wife and I, Shelly came with me. Uh, is uh, those guys were all younger than I am, so <laughs> they they had to be looking at me, going, "Well, where's Bob Dunning? I, where is he? Yeah, I thought he was coming here." <laughs> Guy over in the corner there. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, it's it's it is very strange how how uh, you, especially as you say somebody that you haven't seen for fifty years, uh, you expect them to look like they did fifty years ago. Yeah, because that's the only memory you have of them. By the way, somebody told me that whenever you have a situation like that. Take a good look at the eyes because the eyes don't change that much to a person. Oh, that's true. That's a, but I've, I've found even even better, take a good look at the name tag. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that assumes that you're able to see right. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's hard because, you know, this is somebody that maybe you played a sport with or you sat next to in a class or maybe it was in your fraternity or whatever it was. And, and, it's real hard to glance at their name tag without them knowing you're glancing at their name tag, that, mm-hmm. which is admission that you can't remember who they are. <laughs> Indeed, as if they could remember you. <laughs> yeah, that, they remembered you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, well, some people you don't have are blessed with the ability to remember names. And I know Father Leo McAllister, the right. preacher in OLA for so long, he just had the gift of everybody's name. And so at that particular time, they had a sort of a, it was a practice a little bit of uh, saying uh, the person's name when you gave them communion. Oh, wow. And he could do that. And he would uh, come along and say, uh, you know, the uh, body of Christ Mary, the body of Christ Joel, the body of Christ right. Peter. <laughs> and he's just seeing them in line there, and uh, which was particularly <clears throat> amazing. But anyway... Uh, some people have that gift, and, and people love that, actually. If you happen to be blessed with it, uh, people love the, being called by their name. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and so on, but not everybody can do that, uh, but some people can, yeah. So, yeah, it was a wonderful time, Bob, and uh, listeners. Uh, it was um, a great occasion to be with people. Uh, I found it certainly also an opportunity to sort of evaluate my life, uh, I mean, not in a morbid way or you know that, but you know, uh, all uh, joking aside, uh, uh, you know, when you come to a situation where you've been 50 years a priest, uh, that's a lot, and uh, one has gone through a lot and seen a lot, and uh, the ups and downs of it, and 
you know, the successes and the failures and the uh, weaknesses and faults and uh, strengths and all that. So it's a good, uh, I found it, uh, you know, a joyful time, but also a good time to sort of uh, evaluate and uh, you know, see what God has done in my life and thank God for what he has done and, uh, the, you know, the, the readings that we've been having fairly recently of uh, uh, of Joseph in uh, in Exodus uh, or in uh, you know in Egypt and all that, and mm-hmm. he's been yeah, sent there, you know, sold by his brothers, and then going to Egypt and making it big there with the king, and uh, being there to provide. Uh, food for the nations and so on, including his own people. So the providence of God, and so I, I've been looking at that a little bit, and uh, of course also it's, uh, uh, I think it's important for all of us as Christians, uh, especially, you know, and as faith people, to uh, look at our lives and, uh, again, and not to be morbid or concerned with death or some of that, but still on the other end, that one's life is moving in a certain direction, uh, to uh, the end, to life, to heaven. And I think that's, uh, you know, sometimes we can, there's always a danger that we can go through uh, life um, not to thinking of those things. And again, I don't think we have to beat up on ourselves or preoccupy ourselves with it, but certainly to uh, use the time that God has given us to say, uh, how am I doing? And uh, Lord, uh, there's some other things now you want me to do at this stage of my life, uh, and uh, look back and, and ask uh, forgiveness, and also then uh, ask for strength for the future. So I found it to be a wonderful, joyful time of family and friends, uh, but also a spiritual uh, renewal. And you know, thinking of saying mass a first time, and now saying mass on that particular Sunday, June third, as it was, uh, for the I don't know, maybe many thousand times. I, I I was just trying to figure out the other day how many Masses I may have celebrated, but I, I've been very involved with celebrating Masses, uh, you know, quite often, two a day a lot mm-hmm. of the time, and uh, then sometimes three on occasion, uh, if had an emergency situation, uh, four on, on a weekend or five on a weekend, sometimes depending between Saturday and Sunday, Maybe throw in a wedding, you know. So I mean, I, if you multiply uh, uh, 50 uh, years uh, every day and so on, if you were even to go with an average of two. So uh, thinking of mass there and the beauty of that and the gift of God and God's generosity to me and putting up with me uh, all my faults and failings and people too being so good. So in that sense, it's been a uh, you know it's different than maybe even a a secular thing of uh, celebrating, you know, a football success or even retiring from a job, but uh, there's a whole spiritual dimension that uh, comes into this for me and for the people around me in those celebrations. So it was a blessed time, yeah. Father, I've got you down for 36,500 masses at two a day. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's... uh, that's a beautiful thing. So uh, it is. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, um, been a blessing, and uh, and again, um, I think there was a statement of uh, uh, Mother Teresa, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Now, I had that something about um, in encouraging priests uh, uh, to uh, celebrate Mass as this was your first Mass, your only Mass, your last Mass. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, again, when it looks back and being called to ministry and priesthood and service and so on, uh, uh, later on today I'll be going out to, to uh, a lady that I've known for a long time. Uh, her and her husband have been great friends of mine. Uh, she's now in hospice and coming to the end of her life. So, again, uh, the sacraments and, uh, you know, marriages, um, funerals, anointings, and, I mean, I have no idea at all of <laughs> the number of confessions, uh, but that's 
thousand, probably that wouldn't that wouldn't cover it. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. That. It wouldn't because you're not uh, you're not hearing just one or two on a Saturday or whenever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, if you count, uh, you, you could probably have we count maybe three or four a day over those years. Let's mm-hmm. uh, so blessings there, Bob, of uh, uh, from God, and uh, you know, you always think of uh, how unworthy one is of this great blessing, even to well, celebrate Mass and then, of course, to receive body and blood uh, consistently, and also the great blessing of being part of people's lives and the gift to people, and, and that was something that came out in the various celebrations, you know, just uh, the goodness of people and uh, uh, the generosity of people and their love of people. And and uh, I know these are difficult times for the church and dealing now with our own diocese with the pending concerns of abuse or problems and mm-hmm. all of that. But, uh, you know, my own experience has been that our people are very wonderful, and they're able to uh, separate these things and, uh, uh, in a faith dimension, uh, be able to uh, be very loving and kind. To uh, and that's been a, certainly an experience I've had of, as a priest of, uh, you know, that generally speaking in a parish, if you make a genuine effort, it doesn't mean you have to be a genius, or you're no genius, or you're no expert and everything, but make a genuine effort with people, they'll, in fact, sometimes they'll do more than you even ask them to do, and uh, because they love the church and they want things to succeed, and if Father is listening to them and working with them and involved with the committees and all of that, uh, then, you know, 99% of the people will be jumping up and down to help you. No, that's 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 really true. You know, and you, as you say, the, the, it's a great time. Uh, Fifty is just is just a number, and it's just another day. But it's a great time to to reflect, and I, I find myself doing doing that a lot, uh, trying to have a a one on one with the good Lord and say, okay, um, we're we're doing this, and we're doing this, and we're doing this, and um, but. Is there, you know, is there something else you want me to do? You know, is there another direction you want me to go? Uh, you know, I'm still here, so I figure there's a reason. Well, there's that, and as Sister Eileen Enright put it very beautifully one time, uh, you know, our later years are a time for being almost more than doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you know, when we're younger, in 30s and 40s and stuff, you know, you know, you have to prove yourself and achieve and all of that, and uh, it's good to continue that, of course, throughout one's life to do good things. But on the other hand, that, uh, I think at some particular time, uh, one begins to see that uh, things and possessions and even position and opportunities and stuff, that those are all good, and if used well, uh, that's fine. But uh, to... Uh, the, uh, the, the whole spiritual thing and relationship, as you say, talking to the good Lord and more prayer time and more uh, meditation and uh, maybe a few more bits of charity here and there and uh, just giving oneself more to what can I do to uh, build up Christ's church and so on. Those are things that uh, I think uh, in some ways we get better at um, in some ways, more free as we get older, too, uh, in that um, almost more comfortable with oneself. Uh, remember my great, great friend, uh, Pete Walsh, out in uh, Our Lady of Assumption, uh, said one time a very beautiful phrase, that as we get older, all we have is all we need. <laughs> that's, and, uh, that's true. You know, it's, it's, you know, you look at um, I, I just you look at all the things that that you can strive for, and uh, it, it they don't matter. Yeah, the, the the older you get, the 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 more you realize that 
none of the material things matter at all. You know, it's it's uh, as as Jesus said to the disciples to go out and you know and convert the world. You have what you need. You don't have to <laughs> pack an extra sandwich, if you will. You already have what you need to do the Lord's work. I think that's a profound thing, and actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's the story told of uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, as he was called, uh, the greatest of the theologians. Uh, but he had a vision of uh, the Jesus uh, towards the end of his life, that he was praying in the church, and uh, the Lord came to him and said, uh, Thomas, you have done all sorts of wonderful things uh, for me um, over the years. Uh, what should be your reward? Hmm. And Thomas looked at him and he said, only you, Lord, only you. Hmm. That is my total reward. Wow. So I think that's maybe something that, uh, uh, because obviously we have God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, then obviously receive the Eucharist on a regular basis and the opportunity for confession when we need it. Uh, I mean, you're, you're totally wealthy then. You, you've got, you know, you're better off than the King of England if you have all that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is, it is just so, so interesting to, to think of, of <laughs> especially when you're younger, all the things that you think are going to make you happy and and not realizing um there's 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 one sure route to happiness and that's that's through uh Jesus Christ and God and our faith and um that's going to that's going to sustain us in everything and and lead to our everlasting happiness i think of all the people uh, you wouldn't have sort of expected but benjamin franklin uh made the famous statement that uh a man is rich in proportion to the things he can live without. Oh, wow. And it ties in what you're just saying there that, you know, again, uh, like, uh, you know, I always like to see you and your lovely wife and your family. And, and I think to myself, well, that's a wealthy man, that gunning. You know, he's, mm -hmm. got, uh, he's got these beautiful children. He's got, uh, they're all doing well. Uh, you know, he's. You have a good job, of course, and you do great work for the church and what you do. But, but just the family and faith, and we've talked about that before in these shows uh, of your experience of faith in different ways. And so, again, uh, uh, the truth of, uh, of that and the value of that. Uh, there's an old saying that no one ever said on his deathbed, I wish I had best spent more time at the office. Yeah. <laughs> you always say, I wish I'd spend more time with my family, with my wife, with my children. And again, I think as we get older, that can be a salutary thing to uh, think about. Am I really uh, putting my focus on the things that are of value? Or, I mean, the office has its place when you have a job and you need to do it right. And, of course, we all have responsibility. But uh, certainly uh, you see people who uh, uh, drive themselves into bad health or mess up their marriages or whatever it is because they are 24-7 uh, workaholics and the office is their life and, and they succeeding and getting and you know making a, a living and maybe wanting things and wanting promotions and so on. All of those which are good in their own way, but um, uh, to let them uh, overrun one, uh, that's a disaster. Well, and you know, it, it, it's it's unfortunate the way that uh, society seems to uh, to work in that when you're young and newly married and uh, very young children uh, is the same time you're trying to get ahead in your occupation and you know volunteering to work extra hours or or mm -hmm. you know doing doing what you can to. To climb the 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 employment ladder, at the very time that your children and and spouse and family need you the most. Well, except that I suppose 
once again, if one has the proper uh, attitudes to it, and uh, you know, uh, one, uh, I think one can do both in the sense that uh, uh, attitude is everything in some ways. And uh, yep, I think the way we spend time with spouse or spend time with uh, uh, the children. Uh, I know one couple. Uh, he's dead now, but she's still alive, and she at my 50th up in Anderson, but they had a, uh, a deal where even when their children were quite young and they continued all their life, they had a Friday night date to go out to dinner, just the two of them, mm-hmm. husband and wife. They figured out some way, and this is a beautiful thing, and you know there's nothing that children love more than this. I mean, of course, they joke and laugh about it and make fun of it, but there's nothing more they love more than to see their parents in love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And spending time with each other and being good. Because that's security for me. If I'm, if you're my father and she's my mother, then I'm saying to myself, this is a good deal. I mean, these guys, uh, they're going to be around next year and the year after and the year after yep. and so on. And, and you, know, you see all the breakups and stuff. And, and it looks like mom and pa here are going to be here for me all the time. Good, yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, nothing could be more terrifying to a child than to fear that his, their parents are going to split. Yeah. I, I don't think anything could be more terrifying. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, to, for the kids to see their parents uh, truly in love and having fun with each other and, and, and being happy around each other, um, that's, uh, that's gold. And I think that uh, you can still do uh, a lot of, uh, you know, dedicated work and hard work and and uh, move along. I mean, we've had wonderful people that I know, doctors and teachers and police and judges and, you know, all sorts of people in different professions. Uh, but uh, obviously there has to be a balance. And I think if we have the right relationship again with God, uh, that um, sort of a, an inbuilt barometer that we'll have, as you know, when I'm overdoing it here, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not in balance. I'm out of balance. I'm spending too much time with this or that, uh, whether it be sports or whatever. And I'm not. But again, of course, with kids, uh, quality time. And as I see you, you bring your children to a lot of events with mm-hmm. you, even when they were smaller. And so that again is, is a way of doing it. There's, one has to be creative and uh, figure out. To, what works for me, but again, if the children know that you want them involved, uh, that in itself is uh, both loving and also, of course, it's education for them because then they're seeing things and out and about and involved, and and uh, it has all sorts of uh, good effects. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's something that we've endeavored to do. Not not as a this is what we're going to do, just because we we enjoy bringing the kids. Uh, like you say, even when they were littler, and and uh, it wasn't a rule. It was just like, if 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 the kids can possibly come, let's take them. You know, um, let's include them because yeah. they're gonna they're really gonna get something out of it. Uh, uh, you know, even uh, uh, coming to the uh, a four year old coming to the Saint Vincent de Paul dinner for the poor. You know. They get a lot out of it. They they hear the speaker and they see the people and they meet people and they they uh, they go that was interesting what that person said. Explain what it meant. You know, um, they it, it really it makes you more of a, a, a closer family, but it also it really broadens their horizons. Well, that and then a little prayer. You know, obviously going to church, going to mass, and yep prayers at home, uh, whether it be long or short, but uh, again, the understanding that children have, that parents uh, believe and are putting their belief into practice, and then a little bit of uh, live that day-to-day in the house, and uh, if something goes wrong and there's a big uh, uh, issue or something comes up, that uh, one can in some way uh, deal with it in a Christian way. And in a faith way, and I think that can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. If 
if the kids sense that mom and dad don't buy it, they're not going to buy it either. <laughs> so, oh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. I mean, it, it, as simple as in this hurried world where kids have soccer practice and choir practice and everything else, um, or just want to go out with their friends and you're eating a quick meal that that we're going to stop. We're going to say grace. We're not, mm-hmm. not going to shame anybody because you started to take a bite of your sandwich before you said grace. But, hey, let's let's say grace. You know, like... And everybody pauses and like, yeah, oh yeah, let's say grace, and it just—it's just a reminder that that we 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 believe this. We believe this. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad believe this, and 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 they know it, and and as a result, they believe it. Indeed, beautiful, yeah. Well, Father, it's it's uh, it's an honor to uh, be interviewing you as you begin your second 50 years. Yes, I'm a month into it now, and uh, we're good to go here and just keep on going and uh, see what the Lord has in mind and uh, just be open to whatever God wants as best I can with, you know, as the Lord gives me strength and health. Uh, and uh, who knows uh, what the future holds anyway, but uh, please, God, um, Keep on doing as best I can uh, in the words of uh, uh, St. John Paul II, who used to say, to serve up to the very end. Yep. Uh, I think that's true for all of us, yeah. So. I, I remember uh, Father Sylvester McDermott used to say, I'm going to die with my boots on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed, that's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment, yeah. Yeah. Well, Father... Uh, Thanks so much for being being uh, on this program and being a regular on this program. And uh, uh, thanks for all you do and uh, continue to do. And we'll look forward to our paths crossing again real soon. Well, anytime, Bob. Delighted to be with you and your uh, uh, listeners today. And I finished up my talk the other day with a little prayer from St. John Henry Newman. It sort of tied in with the things I was saying earlier about evaluating one's life and seeing where, where God has done. And so maybe if I could uh, conclude uh, with this prayer from the great English saint, uh, might be uh, something for all of our uh, people to look at and to place our lives uh, in the that providence would, of God. That would be wonderful. So St. John Henry Newman prayed, O Lord, support us all the day long in this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then in your mercy grant us a safe lodging, a holy rest, and peace at the last. Amen. Yeah, perfectly put. And God bless you all on this beautiful day, and in these uh, even in these uh, summer hot days, uh, well, be blessed in every way. God bless you too, Father. Thanks so much, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Anytime. Thanks, Thank Father. Bye. That's uh, Father Michael Kiernan, and he just on June the third uh, was fiftieth anniversary of his ordination. That's uh, um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. Uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento, who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. We stand and lift up our hands for 
It's right. 